This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. As a former worldwide director of finance at Apple, Rusty Gaylord now helps save the world's most ambitious people from the trap of their own success. Rusty, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here with you. You know, I like to tell people the whole story of the podcast. I had to introduce you not once, not twice, not three times, but four times before I got your intro right. So, yeah, I want people to know this is real. This is raw. Okay. I just, I had like a short bio and I couldn't get out of my head. So anyways, I'm super glad you're here today. Well, thank you, Mark. And I'm super glad to be here. And I just got to say that, and sometimes that's just the story of life, isn't it? You know, but but we beat ourselves up for it as opposed to saying, hey, sometimes this happens and you pick up and you keep going. And I just think that, you know, when we talk about success and we'll talk about leadership today and all of those things, just that that persistence and that overcoming these little obstacles that show up in our way is the path forward. 100% is, is we're sitting here, we're recording this on August 10th. You're listening to this on August 11th. I have a 45 pound lab mix and she's got a big bark. So when my wife leaves to work, we have to block off the kitchen because that's where she gets to see how her doggy friends go by the window and then she barks. And then she's got what we call a podcast collar. So I got the little controller here. She starts barking. I beep it and that doesn't work. I shock her. So, you know, we have to deal with these obstacles because guess what? It's called life. And if you're not going through obstacles, I think you're dead because we all go through obstacles. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that this morning. We we do. We all go through obstacles. And the question is, the obstacles that you're going through, where are they leading you? Mm. Are they leading you on a path in a direction of something that's meaningful and important and valuable to you? The kind of thing you say, yeah, I want that in my life. Or are they just leading you on kind of your default habitual pattern of life, getting up, doing the same thing today that you did yesterday. You're going to, you're encountering obstacles either way. It's just a question of which path are you on? hundred percent. So now you used to work for Apple and I'm an Apple fanboy. I tell my friends, I bleed Apple silver and white. I'm the nerd that watches every keynote. I downloaded iOS 15 beta because I'm a nerd like that. So did you actually work at the, what people call the Apple spaceship in Cupertino? I was not in the spaceship. I I, I was there a number of times, but my office was not there. Um, But I, you know, Apple was, it was and is a great place to work. I was there for 13 and a half years. Uh, I started before the iPhone was launched. I was there for the launch of the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, uh, you know, when I started, the iPod was the biggest product <laughs> that was out there. <laughs> so it was uh, it was a fantastic time to be at Apple. And I, I just I have nothing but good things to say about the company. And I'm right there with you on the couch watching the keynote. Wow. Well, it's interesting. I've had another guest on my show about two months ago that used to be the executive assistant for Steve Jobs. So I got to ask you this. Did you actually meet Steve Jobs and Tim Cook? I did not really interact with Steve Jobs, but I was in a weekly review with Tim Cook. And so that was a small group of us. We were there every week when he was COO. Uh, I was in the supply chain organization and he's, uh, he's great. He's a great leader. I, like I said, I love everything Apple. When people try to tell me, uh, you know, Spotify is better. I'm like, how exactly? They play the same music. I don't get it. So I have Apple music. I'm just, I'm just like all Apple. And I, I think it's because although they're not the most secure company in the world, I think 
privacy's kind of gone away in our life today. I trust Apple to be have my best interest in mind where Google says, hey, we're, we're not protecting you. Um, so that's the choice I've made. But the thing is, you have so many choices. You've got Apple, you've got Microsoft, you've got Google, you've got Android. You know, you can pick your flavor. I like everything Apple, I mean, Apple TV, you name it. If there's an Apple product out there, I probably have it. And I'm very happy with it. Well, you know, the the the, the saying that comes up to me is, uh, as I heard in the movie, The Social Dilemma, which is if, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. And, you know, I... So you pay for the products at Apple. <laughs> at least that gives you some assurance that you are not the product. Yes. You know, funny, I have several guests told me that to go watch The Social Dilemma. And I've got a problem with Netflix, but I did fork off $15 one month to watch it. And that line from the movie, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Uh, Facebook is free. Think about that. They make millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars selling your data and just keep that. Google's the same thing. Instagram, of course, they're part of the Facebook empire. But just keep in mind that privacy is going away more and more each day. But just be cognizant of what's going on. It's not free, okay? It's not free. I just want to make sure people understand that. So let's talk about the topic for today. I, I Just excuse me there, Rusty. I had to talk about Apple. Anybody who's ever worked for Apple or met Steve Jobs or Tim Cook or been to the spaceship, I, I got to say something because I'm a nerd like that. But let's talk about career transition. Let's talk about leadership because that's what your area expertise is. So where do you want to jump off the diving board into the pool today? Well, let's just talk for a moment about leadership uh, and what is leadership, you know, because people tend to think of leaders as people in positions of power. And, you know, when I think about leadership, it's not really that. Leadership is about creating change. It's about creating movement where otherwise there would not be any movement. And when you organize a birthday party, when you have friends over for dinner, uh, when you decide to start going to the gym, those are all expressions of leadership. It can be in your personal life. It can be with your family, with your friends, and of course, in your work environment as well. But you don't have to have a certain title or a certain responsibility in order to be a leader. There's a book by Brene Brown called Dare to Lead. And for years, I never picked this book up. And then I got a, I grew up learning and I said, wait a minute, read the title. It's not about being the head of Apple or the head of Google or the head of Microsoft. It's what you just said. We are all salespeople. We are all leaders. We just, cause we don't have the leader in our title. We're still a leader. I'm the leader of the Mark Chesky podcast. I'm the leader of my business. You're the leader of your business. And I think people are stuck on salespeople are those people at the used car lots or the door-to-dale salesman. Leaders are people like Tim Cook. And you so eloquently put it, that's not what a leader is. But sadly, that's what most people think a leader is. It's true. It's true. Uh, and I think that really undermines people because it takes away their opportunity to be a leader in their own life and to do the things that are important to them. Again, that's at a personal level. That's with your friends or family or your community and all of these different levels. And I, the when, when I talk about leadership, I, the, the first place I always start is what would success look like for you as a leader mm. in all of these different aspects of your life? Because you have to have a picture of what's meaningful for you. There's no one formula or one recipe for being effective leadership. Mm -hmm. Think about Steve Jobs as an example, or Elon Musk, and then think about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. 
also, you know, all of these people are effective leaders, but they have vastly different styles, vastly different directions, different things that they're doing. So there's no one style. The question for you or for a listener is what does leadership look like for you? If you were to create change in your life, whether it's for you personally, for your family, at work, what would that look like? When you're talking there a minute, a, a thought came to my head is when we take our dog to the dog park, there are dogs who are leaders. There are dogs who are leading the pack around and it's just natural for them. I mean, the animal kingdom is really big on leadership, but if, if you are only focused on the title, you miss it, but there's leadership all around us. I mean, think about, you know, dogs, cats, that's, that's a topic for a different time. Uh, we can't talk about cats here. I don't know what cats uh, function under leadership, but leadership is really big. And I think when you said uh, you have to be a leader of your own life, I think a lot of people are like, well, I got a job. They tell me to work nine to five. I do this, these roles. I take breaks when they tell me to take breaks. I take vacations. I take weekends, but you're not really being a leader of your own life at that point. You're being more reactive and a leader is more proactive, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're all biased towards routine and habit because that's just the way our brain works. It's, it's easier to repeat things over and over again than it is to create something new. But because of that, we can fall into this pattern where years go by and we just wonder, gosh, what happened to all of this time? It just slipped by. And anyone who has kids knows that for sure, right? Just like, oh my gosh, another year gone by? It's the, uh, it's, it's a, it's, you fall into the routine. And so it becomes a simple question of what kind of life do you want to live? Are you happy with a routine life or do you want to design your life? Because you really get a choice. You can go by default following the same patterns and habits and routines, or you can go by design of saying, where do I want to go and navigating in that direction? Now, there's a big difference when we talk about routines. Now, I'm a productivity coach. Routines are good to help you be productive. That's not what Rusty's talking about. He's talking about going through the motions, being an autopilot and not just like, hey, you know, wherever the current goes, that's where I'm going to go in my boat. That's what he's talking about. We don't want to settle in to those routines. I, you know, I don't know about you, Rusty. I see people who are in awe of like the Steve Jobs, the Tim Cooks, the Elon Musk, like, oh man, look at these people, look what they're doing. But what they did is they, they, they listened, even though Gary was Gary Vaynerchuk wasn't around back then. Gary says, don't dwell, do. And Steve Jobs did. Tim Cook did. You know, Elon, Elon Musk did. Are you dwelling? Are you saying, well, I could never, I don't have the skills. Or are you going to figure it out and then lead the way? Because we need you to lead us. And if you're just like following, well, no one follows a follower. People follow leaders. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Absolutely. And the other thing I think that people underestimate is most people think that leaders, it's easy for leaders. They say, well, they've got it all figured out. They've, they've arrived. They've reached this status, this level. True leaders are always growing. Yes. And they're always doing. And doing is not just repeating the same things. It's doing something new. And anytime you do something new, it's uncomfortable. There's risk involved. So I think people underestimate that all of those leaders you just mentioned, they feel that. 
They feel the uncertainty. They feel the risk, but they go forward anyway. So if you're waiting for it to be easy, you're never going to get there. That is so powerful. Brendan Bouchard often says that true experts, and I would say true leaders, are students first. They never get to a point where they have arrived. They're always like, okay, I met this goal. Well, what's the next goal? And so you need to be a student first. I'm watching a show that I recently found on Discovery Plus called Undercover Billionaire. And it's the story where they take a billionaire and they drop you into a town you've never been to. They take away your phone. They give you a phone with no contacts. Interesting. It's an iPhone. Yay. And they give you $100 and an old vehicle. And you have to go from $100 to a $1 million in 90 days. And when I first started watching the show, I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty good show. And by the beginning of the second episode, I had my bullet journal. I'm taking notes because this is like, this is gold. A lot of people watch shows and like it's passively. I'm like sitting watching the show, Rusty, like I'm like in class. I'm like taking notes, pausing the TV, writing notes. And I think that's important because a true leader never misses an opportunity to learn something new. If you don't have that mentality, I think you're behind the pack. Do you, would you agree with that? I agree a hundred percent. And Mark, we have some funny similarities because I'm watching the exact same show and loving it. Um, it is it, so, I, you know, you didn't mention this, but the thing that struck me is in the first week of this challenge for each one of the people cried. Yes. <laughs> it was so challenging, which you get, right? Can you imagine being in a city and having to live on a hundred dollars? Not to mention the added pressure of building a million dollar business within three months. Mm -hmm. It's crazy pressure. Yep. Um, so it, yeah, it, it was, it's so inspiring. And there's so many lessons in there about perseverance and overcoming failure. And we were talking earlier about how life has challenges. I, you know, I stopped counting, but these people encounter challenge after challenge, after challenge, after failure, after rejection, you know, it's just over and over and they keep going. Yeah. And, and that's what I was talking about. This, this inner strength or fortitude, this willingness to pick up and keep going, to take risks, to stretch yourself. And it's learning, of course, but it's also a willingness to embrace that part of us and not let the, not let the part of us that wants to hide in the corner that says, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not good enough to do this or I'm a failure. Not let that part of us take over, but instead pick up and say, I can keep going here. When I first saw the first episode and I cheated, I started watching the second season because of Grant Cardone. I mean, folks, it's a hundred dollars, an old truck. And a phone with no contacts, and you can't use any of the contacts you had in the previous, you know, before you or started your name. or your name. So there's no housing, there's no food. I mean, you have to start from nothing. And people go, Oh, yeah, they have a hotel. No, they don't. I go watch the show. I, I've watched the first two episodes of the second season, but bring a notebook if you're serious about learning. Have a notebook because there's so much information on this thing. But these people are true leaders because, like you said, the first episode, everybody's crying. But they said, okay, listen, I don't want to fall short of the goal of making a million dollars in 90 days. Okay, this didn't work. What do I do next? That's what true leadership does. True leaders don't say, well, I tried, I failed. They get 90 days. So if you fail the first day, which you will, and then the second day, and the fourth day, you go, okay, what do I have to do next? You can, you still have all that knowledge you had all throughout your life, but you have no other resources. And I think it's a good example of the role of leadership because 
leaders typically are like on the forefront of what's going on in, in their career, their industry, whatever. And they're going to get punched in the face. They're going to trip over the rock and they, are they going to stay down? Are they going to cry? Well, they cry for a few minutes. They get back up and go, okay, now what do I have to do? That's what a true leader does. I don't know too many leaders who just give up at the first sign of, of uh, at the first sign of an obstacle. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and you know, people underestimate the courage that's required, the strength that's required. Brene Brown talks about vulnerability. You mentioned her earlier and it's true. Being a, being a leader requires some vulnerability because you step out and you take action towards something. You don't know how it's going to go. The two, two things as you were sharing that, Mark, I wanted to add is one about the notebook. And I hope anybody who's listening to your podcast listens with a notebook because I've listened to a number of episodes and I've gone back to get my notebook and start taking notes. I was like, this is good stuff. So if you, but it's, but there's a difference between hearing something and saying, Oh, I know that yep. and applying it. So you can listen to all the want, all you want. You can take notes all you want, but if you're not applying that in your life, you're never going to make progress. I have said to people that if you go out and spend $20 for a book and you either don't read the book or you read the book and don't apply it, you've wasted not only the $20, but you've wasted your time. You could have done something else like, I don't know, binge watch a TV show. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You have to, you have to apply it. And uh, you know, that's, I, I talk about the difference between knowledge that you carry in your head versus knowledge that you have in your heart oh, wow. versus knowledge that's embodied. And embodied knowledge is just, it's what you do. It's like brushing your teeth every day. That is embodied knowledge. Most people don't think about it. Most It's not like a heart action because you feel passionate about it. It's just part of your routine. It's who you are. So many people have mind knowledge, intellectual knowledge, but it is not embodied. It is not part of their routine. It's not part of their habits. It's not the way they operate. But just to go back to the show, The Undercover Billionaire, there's a wonderful scene in there where uh, one, of the, one of the characters enlists some people to help her for no money. And they're interviewing these people who are helping her. And they say, why are you helping her? And one of them says, oh, she's just a boss. You can tell. <laughs> and I love that because that is the embodied energy of success. She's in this place with nothing. Yes. She's in this place with nothing. And she's literally cleaning kitchen and doing farm work in order to get enough money to buy food. So this is not a glamorous lifestyle she's living, but she's got that energy. She's got that drive, that passion, which other people can sense mm. and feel. And that is embodied knowledge. That is not intellectual. That's not she's trying to think about something. That's who she is. So we talk about success and there's such an opportunity for everyone here listening to say, how do you take these little nuggets that you learn along the way? And how do you transition that from your head to make it embodied knowledge? So it's not just, oh, I know that, but my life reflects this. You can see it in my life and this is who I am. Okay. So tell us, Rusty, how do we do that? How we take it from mind knowledge to embody it? Because I know people have listened this far in the episode, they're probably on the edge of their seat unless they're out running and walking, in which case they're probably like, okay, tell us the answer. So let's get really practical. Let's give people some simple ideas because you know me, I, I love simplicity. I think complexity leads to procrastination. So give us a couple of tips that people can start taking that mind knowledge that you refer to into embodied knowledge. The, the first and the biggest one that I would suggest is to do it. Right. Rather than just to say, Oh, I know about that. Well, are you doing it in your life? 
So, you know, we, and we just also, the Olympics just ended and almost all Olympic athletes practice, 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 of course. But what almost all of them do in addition to that is the mental practice. Even if they're not out there on their field in their training area, they're thinking about what does success look like? And if you've ever watched uh, uh, like a snowboarder or a skateboarder or some of these people, when, before they start, they have this moment where you can see them looking at the course. What do you think they're doing in that moment? They're visualizing themselves going down, successfully completing their routine. And that is proven to be effective. Most business people, most people in their lives don't do that. They say visualization, that's crazy. But it's just another form of practice. So you can practice in real life, but you can also practice in your mind. You can see yourself doing this thing successfully. The other, I want to interject real quickly. Also, you have to talk about self-talk. Don't say, if I land the client, say when I land the client. It's only one word. But if you say, if you're entering, you're allowing doubt to enter your brain. But if you say when, then your brain goes, okay, so we're eventually going to get this client or I'm going to write this book or whatever the case may be. So I think people who truly want to be leaders of their life really have to pay attention to their self-talk. Cause we all talk to ourselves out loud, whether we want to admit it or not, we all do it. And we have to be careful of our self-talk. Absolutely. You're, you're spot on with that. And you know, that's, that's part of this, you can call it visualization or self-talk, but that's part of this is, and I would even go a further a step further, not even when the, 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 I land the client, which has some degree of uncertainty about, is it now or next week or next month? Just picture the client saying, yes, Wow. just envision them, right? Say this client, next time I talk to this person, they're going to say, yes, they're going to want to work with me because that's going to bring out the best in you, right? That's going to bring out your confidence, your uh, you're, you're going to feel more stable and grounded in what it is that you're talking about. So really envisioning success, talking to yourself in a successful way. And I th- those are some great points you added in there, Mark. Hey, you listening to the Mark Jachowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Jachowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. I hate the word someday. When someone says to me, someday I'm going to dot, 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 I'm like, you're never going to do it. You're never, because I think Zig Ziglar, the late Zig Ziglar said, the only difference between a grave and a rut is a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. Okay. You got to have, okay, by next, next Thursday, I'm going to do this. Or by January 1st, I'm going to do this. I hate the word someday because someday is just, it's just, I don't know, a wish, a dream, hope. I don't know. What do you think about that? I'm with you 100%. I went through a journey this past uh, nine months or so of writing a book. Uh, and I published it in June of this year. But you know, partway through that process, I had somebody helping with it. And I just decided that wasn't the right way to go. And so I decided I'm just going to write this on my own. But I set a deadline. I said, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write this book for the rest of my life, which you hear people sometimes it takes them years yep. to write a book. But I said, you know, this is my deadline. This is when I'm going to publish it. I didn't know if I could reach that. It was a stretch. I didn't didn't see all the steps I needed to take. I didn't feel like all the material had come together in my head. But I said, that's when I'm going to publish it. And I just marched forward, and I marched forward, and and I did it, and I hit it. Well, good for you. Congratulations on the book. I, you know, going back to, I mentioned Brendan Burchard earlier, 
when he wanted to be a writer, this is going way back early in his career. He started doing his research and he, he tried to figure out, you know, what conferences he go to, what kind of uh, software he should get and what kind of coaches he should get. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to reach out to some best selling authors. And you know what they all told him? If you want to be a writer, you write. Not go to conferences, not get a special notebook, but you write every single day. And sometimes it's almost like people think they're ashamed of doing something simple, but the National Football League just went back to training camp. And I don't care if your name is Tom Brady or if you're the rookie, you're a rookie quarterback. You go there, you start throwing the ball. The receivers catch the ball. The blockers block. They go back to the basics. They go back to the simple things. I think so many people, I think simplicity and going back to basics has such a bad name that people go, I don't want the simple things. I'm like, but you're not doing them. You're not building your foundation. So when you go to college, you have to take the one-on-one classes before the 201 and 301, right? You're you're right on on that. And I, you know, mo- I, I think the reason is a lot of people want it to be easy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, well, once, once I've arrived to go back to that word you used <laughs> earlier, once I've arrived, it'll be easy for me. But that's the side. That's the really the mark of a, of a true leader is someone who's always growing. And anytime you're growing, you're stretching yourself and it's uncomfortable. And some of the best players like Tom Brady, they practice, they up their game, they figure out. And Tom Brady is a perfect example of, obviously, he's very skilled on the field, but he's taken this and say, well, if I'm going to get even better on the field, what do I need to do off the field? to continue to up my game. So he's changed his diet. He's changed his exercise routine, his sleep. He does all of these things because he wants to be the best he can when he's on the field. And of course he puts in the time and the energy on the field to practice. So it's, it's the basics and it's, you know, even basics like eating and sleeping and taking care of yourself. Those things matter because you have to show up as your best self, whether you're Tom Brady or you're going into your work job every day, doesn't matter. You need to be your best self and you need to be taking care of those basic things. And you talk about a leader. I mean, Tom Brady, he's like 43 or 44 years old. Nobody can read a defense like he can. It's like he's reading a book. He knows what they're going to do. He's been in the league for like 18, 19 years. And that comes with experience. You, you know, he didn't know how to lead, read defenses when he first got in the league. And it comes to practice. Now, we're, maybe you're not a football player, okay? But you're a leader. You're an entrepreneur. You're a solopreneur. What are you doing every single day? Yes, seven days a week to get better. You should be better today than you were yesterday, but not as good as tomorrow. And I've talked to a lot of leaders like you, and they constantly are trying to learn. Maybe it's an audiobook. Maybe they're reading a print book. Maybe they're watching a training. Maybe they're, you know, going to a conference. Every day they're trying to learn. And when people go, why you keep learning? I'm not just learning, I'm learning and doing. And that's what leadership does. If you think, well, I'll learn four days a week or I'll learn five days a week, you're missing the point because you either are you a leader or are you not a leader? You can't be a leader part time. Would you agree with that? So, so there's some great stuff that you said in there, Mark, the, the part about learning. And I just want to go back to what we were talking about earlier. Learning is great, but you're really learning it when you're doing it and you're trying it. And for most of us, that's scary. Right. I've never done this before. I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't want to do it. What, you know, I, what if it goes south? What if somebody gets mad at me? What if I fail? I'll fall on my face and look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So most of us don't want to do it. So you just have to acknowledge that part of you that is resisting growth because that is growth. 
acknowledge that part of you and be willing to step forward anyway. I just think that's so important. And the other part is yes, to pursue this to and, and to keep your mind open all the time. You do have to be willing to expand and grow in all aspects of your life all the time. And the third thing I heard you say in there was about comparing yourself to where you were last week or last month. So many of us compare ourselves to others. We look at someone else and say, oh, look at them. They're successful. They're smart. They're accomplished. They've arrived. They're confident. They have this thing that I don't have. That's why they're successful. No, that's not why they're successful. They're successful because they're willing to do things that are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if you are willing to do things that are uncomfortable, you will grow and you will look back at yourself a month down the road or six months down the road. And you will say, oh my gosh, I'm a different person. Look how I've changed because I have done things differently. It's not the books you read. It's not the conferences you went to. It's not the podcasts you listen to. Those are great. But if you don't apply it, it's not going to get you anywhere. One of my favorite quotes is by Steve Harvey. And he says, if you ever want to be successful, you have to get comfortable without with, with being uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. So let me say that again, because I got a tongue twisted there. If you want to be successful, you have got to be uncomfortable, get comfortable. I did it again. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And like you said a few minutes ago, everyone wants the nice, comfy career, the comfy life, but that's not reality. I've done enough um, reading on the, the history of Apple because I love Apple, as I mentioned earlier. Walter Isaacson wrote the book on Steve Jobs. Guess what? The first time they did the iPod, it didn't work. The first Mac didn't work. The first iPhone didn't work. And because he had such a drive, Steve Jobs had such a drive to get this product out. He didn't settle. He goes, no, it can be better. I mean, most computers inside are just like a bunch of soldering joints and whatever. He wanted the inside to be just as gorgeous as the outside. Most people don't care about that. But he cared so much about the product because he really wanted it to be the best it can be. That's a leader. That's a leader that doesn't go, well, you know, it's good enough. No, he wanted perfection. And that's why Apple is the ginormous company is now because of Steve Jobs. If there was no Steve Jobs, yeah, Wozniak did a lot of programming and stuff in the beginning. But that company was built on the passion and the leadership of Steve Jobs. Yeah. And what he had was direction. He had, a, he had a vision for what he wanted to go and he provided that direction and then the company moved in that direction. Yep. And that's important because we're talking about taking action. Learning things is fine, but that's not the same as doing them and applying them in your life, that embodied knowledge. But you have to uh, create that embodied knowledge in a direction, in a direction that's moving you towards something that matters to you. To Steve Jobs, that was the iPhone or the iPad or the Macintosh. What is it for you? What does success look like for you? That might be a promotion at work. That might be to be a captain of your child's baseball team or the, the coach of your child's baseball team, rather. It might be a community role, leadership role. It might be to be engaged and involved with your family such that you're home for dinner every night and spending time with them on weekends. There's no one recipe for success, but it's important to think about for you, what is a good life? And when you're 70 and 80 years old and you're looking back at your life and saying, you know, I feel really good about the way I left my life, what will that have been? You have to ask yourself that. And that, that gives you the direction. Just like Steve Jobs had the direction, you need that direction in your own life too. And what I want to challenge the listener to do is take what Rusty just said. I want you to go get a notebook, 
I want you to get a pen. We're not going to use our devices for this. I want you to go someplace quiet. So leave your devices behind, go someplace quiet, get a glass of water and write down at the top. What do I want out of life? And just start writing. There's something very magical of writing this down. I'm 56 years young. I didn't discover this to about four or five years ago. I got my device. I got my iPad, my iPhone. No, write it down because you're going to get the subconscious mind. It's going to start giving you ideas. You're like, wow, I haven't thought about that in years because you got quiet. You weren't listening to music. You weren't watching TV in the background. You were fully focused. So do the exercise. I can tell you everyone who's done it has come back to me and says, oh my gosh, I, I got so many insights. That's because you took time to stop get quiet and focus on what you want instead of just like, well, I hope it works out because hope's not a strategy. I, I, I really encourage people to take the time, gift themselves this exercise. It could be life-changing for them. Yeah. And I will add the, what the, the three components that are really important to make that a successful exercise. One is quiet. You already talked about that. You have to get away from all the noise that's coming at you. The second is listen to your heart. Yes. This is not an intellectual exercise. It's just like if you go to a restaurant, you're not analyzing calorie content on the menu. You're trying to say, you're just asking yourself what sounds good. This is similar. You've got to listen to your heart. And then the third piece is to embrace courage because some of the things that come out that you, that your heart may speak to you, you may be a little nervous because they're a little different from what your life looks like now. So just have the courage to embrace it, to write it down. So find that place of quiet, listen to your heart and do it with courage. And do it in pen on paper, <laughs> no yes, devices, pen and paper. Well, Rusty, this has been an incredible conversation. We provided so much value, but I know people want to know more about you and what you're doing in the world. So tell us where we can go find out more about you. Yeah. The best place is on my website. It's rustygaylor.com. And there'll be a link in the notes. I hope yep. Mark, because uh, like you, my last name is challenging to spell, <laughs> uh, but go to rustygaylor.com. You can get the first two chapters of my book, which is called breaking the code. Uh, so you can get those first two chapters for free and, uh, this is a great way to reach out and connect with me there. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. I, I, I really an energetic, insightful conversation. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It was great. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.